When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, I'm going to pull back a little bit today from our usual topic-specific blog post to touch on something that, although we've talked about before, it deserves to be repeated again. Uh, I was observing a uh, industry event a while back, and I had the opportunity to chat with some pretty uh, experienced aquatics industry people and we were having some laughs about how the you know the hobbies evolved and how our practices seem to evolve with it you know conventional aquarium wisdom seems to evolve over time as technique and science and experience change and it should uh and this kind of triggered me um it was just funny because remember how many you know uh, how it may have been great advice like 20 years ago is sort of looked at with a bit of skepticism or even disdain nowadays i mean how many hobbyists use undergravel filters as their go-to for filtration? Or how many people fall back on that X pounds per gallon of live rock to run a reef aquarium? Or X number of inches per gallon? Stuff like that. Things have changed over time. It's, uh, it's palpable, the difference. Now, things change and we share our hard-earned wisdom with our tribe. <laughs> That's really awesome. If you've been around the block a few times in this hobby, you'll certainly... Uh, here, fellow hobbyists dispensing words of aquatic wisdom to anybody who needs it. You know, the usual stuff like, you need to quarantine new animal purchases. That's good stuff. Use common sense when stocking aquariums, perform regular water changes, etc., etc. This stuff sort of forms the religion of our hobby. Core beliefs or unshakable truth, which we pass on to everybody that joins our ranks. Fundamental knowledge, which we all feel that you need to have at least a working understanding of to attain success in the hobby. It's beautiful that most hobbyists are so willing to help out their fellow fish geeks by sharing this acquired wisdom. It's a true testimony to the quality of people in the aquatic world. Sadly, though, you'll see a lot of people on the you know, hobbyist forums, you know, like on Facebook or whatever, websites, uh, at conferences, and even blogs, YouTube you know, channels, passing on wisdom that might be of dubious accuracy and origin, or at the very least, information that may be generalized and just passed on without the experience in a given area. Uh, classic examples are things like, you know, you can't keep that fish alive, or if you use this product, you'll have this major algae problem in your tank, etc. Often the, the advice is dispensed with such authority and confidence that a typical hobbyist won't even question it, and some of it's really negative. Uh, you know, I've seen some stuff even about what we do here lately where people are, you know, making these assumptions about things uh, and dispensing incorrect advice, which I'm not going to rephrase because uh, I'm just going to, you know, focus on the positive messages, I'm not talking about what people say that's not right. Um, but the scary part is that some of this advice is clearly dispensed by a casual hobbyist with limited or even no experience in the given area. It's advice based on third-party experiences. You know, don't keep that cichlid. That guy up in New York had one of those and it, you know, nuked his tank with ick, you know. 
or you'll see sweeping generalizations like you can't run aquariums at a low ph it'll crash your tank or we even see dogmatic rules like you need to balance that rock formation with three smaller groupings or it's not authentic whatever style sometimes you'll see anecdotal stuff like garlic cures ick and saltwater fish that was a big one and then outright hearsay you can't keep plants uh, alive with leds i mean dumb things like that those are just a few things we've heard over the years and they can really do harm to the hobby in my opinion discouraging progress and a desire to try new things I've talked about this before. It's a process of regurgitation, meaning the dispensing of advice, often negative, in an authoritative, even humiliating manner, without the personal experience or depth of knowledge to back it up. I think it's a product of our modern, you know, forum and social media-enabled world. I think the intention might be good, but the result is often that an interesting person is chastised to the point where they are discouraged from testing their well-thought-out theory or new idea on how to do something. And that's a real tragedy, in my opinion. Getting bashed on forums and basically pummeled into submission by the establishment is just not good for the hobby or for our, you know, our mental health. I experienced this before in the early days of Tannin Aquatics. A lot of people told me that the idea of utilizing all this botanical material to replicate habitats, you know, like Agapo and you know, places like that in, in closed systems, would lead to pollution, wildly fluctuating environmental parameters, and just overall fish death. And having created numerous systems based on this concept over the years leading up to that, I just pressed on kind of stubbornly and just kept telling my truth and showing what I did and sharing the ideas. And, you know, thanks to all of you brave people who also shared, you know, your vision and ours, we've seen a worldwide explosion in this idea of botanical materials to create functional aquascapes in our aquariums. But it would have been so easy to just fade away if I listened to all that negativity. And there's a lot of negativity out there. But this is not about me and how cool I am. It was just a personal example of this phenomenon that I can you know, pull up off the top of my head. I've written about this negativity stuff before a couple of years back or more, and I occasionally talk about it in my lectures and you know, presentations. And it's an issue that doesn't always seem to go away. It's like there's some people who simply feel compelled to sabotage the well-intentioned yet progressive efforts of others. It's like they're afraid to see others succeed or change what's comfortable. I imagine this is what people felt when they were first introduced, you know, when they first introduced TV and people didn't want to give up the radio or whatever. I guess that's that same fear these guys have. I can't help but wonder if it's fear. Really, I mean, fear of change, fear of not being the expert on something. I'm not sure, but it's a thing we've seen many, many times in the hobby over the years. It's usually just a few loud people, but they can be surprisingly, you know, do surprisingly large amounts of damage thanks to the, you know, utility and uh, and. and expediency that the internet provides my plea to you is don't abandon your good ideas if you're hesitant about the advice you're receiving from others sometimes you have to take it with a grain of salt even mine sometimes you have to say screw you i'm gonna go move forward sure it's good advice to discourage the guy with the toddler to you know refrain from creating a 240 gallon 12 inch high touch tank full of piranha in his living room or to dissuade the outright beginner from keeping a school of rare, hard to acclimate rainbow fishes just because they're hot. I mean, that's a no-brainer stuff. The good stewardship of our hobby, right? No one wants to see a fellow hobbyist get hurt, fail, or kill helpless animals needlessly. What I'm referring to here is the outright dismissal of logical, creative hobby thinking. I mean, how do we progress without a few persons making the decision to take a risk and try something that was seen by the general hobby as risky or impossible? I know we just talked about this yesterday, but it's just something that I, I can't let go of. 
I mean, just because that's the way everyone does it or it's always been done that way doesn't mean that it's right. And I think that's a really important concept that we need to get our heads around. Probably the best example of this, you know, from, I don't know, near recent hobby industry stuff is keeping live corals. Think about it. It really wasn't all that long ago, maybe 30 years ago, that the concept of keeping reef building stony corals was considered a pipe dream. Now, almost every weekend somewhere in the world, you can find a local frag swap with hobbyists of all experience levels selling, sharing, and trading home-propagated corals once thought to be near impossible to keep by many experts. Or you can find really cool vendors that offer a huge variety of corals to choose from daily. Times change. Stuff changes. Remember when the idea of wearing a clutch of wild, you know, Ultim Angels was, you know, Angelfish Fry was considered a really shaky undertaking at the best? Not anymore. It seems like you can find dedicated basement breeders doing great work almost everywhere you look. Not that the rearing of baby fishes is no big deal. It still excites us. It's huge. But the frequency with which it's done and the level at which we innovate in this area is really amazing. Thanks to advances in equipment, food husbandry techniques, and just good old hobbyist tenacity and ingenuity, what was formerly thought to be impossible is almost routine. And, and my point here? Well, my point is that there's always, always someone who has to be first to accomplish something great. Someone who can overlook the negativity and the smack talk to fly in the face of convention while taking the road less traveled. This is how we progress. This is how we'll continue to progress in the hobby. And more important, this is how we inspire a new generation of hobbyists to take our lead for the benefit of the hobby and the animals that we enjoy. We can't dispense advice to fellow hobbyists with a dogmatic attitude that discourages progress and responsible experimentation. It'll simply stagnate the progress of the hobby that we all love. It's kind of stupid. I'm not advocating the, I don't know, the abandonment of common sense and healthy skepticism. Everyone should make a, you know, should not make a, like a mad dash to the local fish store to assemble schools of black diamond stingrays or whatever. What I am pushing is that we, and by we, I mean everybody in the hobby, we should encourage fellow hobbyists who want to experiment and question conventional wisdom to follow their dreams. If someone has an idea, a theory, and some good basic hobby experience and understands what's at stake, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Yet there is the sad fact that some animals might be lost in the process. It sucks. It's hard to reconcile that and harder to stand by when animals are dying. However, that may be the price of progress. The cost of not progressing might be far higher. You know, the loss of you know tons of species in the wild whose habitats are being destroyed and those of us with some skills, dreams, and respect for the animals just sitting by idly watching them perish, failing to even attempt captive husbandry and propagation for fear of criticism and failure from the masses. You know, uh, there's been very real talk over the years about making the importation and possibly distribution of live corals and some fishes illegal in many nations. It's not that unrealistic a possibility. Who knows what opportunities might be missed if we fail to pursue our goals? We got to try. Think about that the next time you see or you hear a fellow hobbyist outright trashing someone's idea to do things a little bit differently. Just continue to express concern if something seems irresponsible or dangerous, but let's also make concentrated efforts to encourage those with a logical plan to pursue it. And most of all, let's keep sharing. Don't be mean, <laughs> please. What ideas have you tried that seem crazy only they turned out to be perfect? Let, let me know. I'd love to hear about that. I think it's really important that we do that. And I, I, I know there's a, there's that old cliched. I, I heard this the other day. Maybe that was also another trigger because I heard this on a YouTube video or something, but there's that almost cliched quote that, uh, 
uh, Apple co-founder Steve Jobs said at a, a commencement speech once, and it kind of summed it up nicely. And uh, I'll just read it to you. I have it here. It says, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of other people's opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. Boy, I can't really top that. Those are good words. Think about that. Stay bold. Stay steadfast. Stay true. Stay nice. And if you're trying to be mean, stay quiet. (laughs) But always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for being part of my day. And I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tenth.